Hi, you guys, and welcome to Trailer Cast. Um, today, I have a very special treat for you. I'm actually interviewing an author. And this author was brought to me via Amazon. Do you know, like, when you're on Amazon, you're scrolling, and it's like, oh, I don't know, that's where I scroll anyway. I, I scroll on Amazon all the time for book recommendations because I'm like, what are the other things I should be reading? And there was a book that was suggested to me, and it's called The Landscape of Mothers. And so without thinking about it, I was like, I mean, because that's why I was there in the first place was to buy a book. I was like, click, great, got it. Started reading the book and was immediately hooked um, from the introduction. The introduction itself uh, drew me in really fast. And then the rest of the book. And well, We'll get into the interview and you can hear the whole story about how I ended up getting in touch with this author and then you get to hear our lovely conversation. So without further ado, welcome to TrailerCast. I'm Elise Snipes and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Jill Deneen Clifton. Um, Jill, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and we'd just love for you to take a moment just to introduce yourself to the people that are listening to us today. Yeah. Um, my name is Jill Deneen Clifton, and I wrote, I'm the author of Landscape of Mothers, which is sort of the articulation of a map of finding my own way that I learned through motherhood. So it's not necessarily just something about motherhood, but that was where I kind of got my footing with just living as, as a human being um, in the sense of finding out what I liked, what was important to me, following my values and kind of finding my way um, because I was so deeply raised inside of particular orientations, religious orientations, or um, my family had a strong like academic and this is the way things went sort of orientation. And so I just had confluences of many of them. So I kind of grew up by prescription and um, yeah, landscape of mothers was, you know, decades of my journey. And then these couple of years of writing this book. So that's what I'm up to these days. Mm. It, so the, the irony is I, I've been like studying archetype and I'm also a mom of three kids and not even joking you, Amazon connected us. Amazon oh. literally <laughs> suggested your book to me. And I'm like, wow, this looks like a perfect book and get the book, have the book. I'm like, oh my gosh. So then I stalk you on Instagram, like every <laughs> normal person says. modern day and, research yeah, yeah. I was like what and then I dm'd you I took my stocking even further mm -hmm. and was like I I need to tell her like this I need to tell her how great her book is I need to be in mm -hmm. touch with her and then awkwardly invite her to join me on this podcast mm -hmm. <laughs> so so uh, thank you for oh thank you I really I honestly I appreciate it so much um actually just hearing from people. I really enjoy hearing from people mm. because um, it's a self-published book. So I 
you know, put it out in the world. And then often it feels like silence. And I wonder like what's happening mm. out there. And so thank you. Yeah. You know, that is kind of the thing when we like vulnerably offer things right mm -hmm. to the universe or to people is that it's like, hello, <laughs> hello. And I, for one, like I have like a rule of self that when something strikes me like that, I'm like, I, this person needs to know that it like a boomerang, like you threw it out, but I want to like, kind of like have it fling back towards you. That's like, Hey, this struck something in me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So for people listening, I'd love to kind of break down a couple things or open up. Mm -hmm. um, one what is an archetype for people that are like, wait, what? Start from the beginning. Right. What is an archetype? Um, archetypes, I associate with Jung, uh, Carl Jung, um, a, a psychologist, uh, early 19th century um, in Switzerland. And he was sort of at least one who made them like widely accessible in um, in our own like psyche kind of thing so archetypes though have existed forever like as long as human beings have um, inhabited the planet and they're the ideas are sort of or the way that i work with them anyway i don't have a, a long scholarly history with um archetypes more of like a personal work which is why i'm sort of anchored into jung um but basically it's sort of the personification or this um this way of like coalescing an idea into a single um, entity or a single mm -hmm. object mm -hmm. kind of thing. And yep. um, archetypes can help us because they kind of simplify a very complex idea often, right? So we can have an archetype of a mother who no actual person probably embodies perfectly. Um, I'm going to venture mm -hmm. that no one, no single yes, person right. does um and yet we have this idea it takes a complex and wide-ranging system or something and, and sort of embodies it and puts it into a, a context that it's easier for us to think about and relate to yes yes that's so beautiful <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah and I, I also really would like to affirm um at some point people who were discovering things, learning things, came to them by their own curiosity and their own self-scholarship. Mm -hmm. And that is every bit, if not more valuable and official than people who were trained in ivory towers. So I just really, I want you to hear me say that your work um, is not less because it wasn't learned um, at the Jung Institute. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, this has been the real world exploration and um, just one person's real world exploration and sort of my truth and landscape of mothers in a lot of senses is sort of like, how do we do that? How do we find our way through something that, you know, doesn't have a prescription for us that doesn't tell us where mm -hmm. to go next? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I like the, um, I'm holding your book right now, but I, even when I first picked it up, I, I was the invitation was so sweet about it being a map like on the back. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to go to where I feel most connected. So I actually read Ocean Mother first. Mm -hmm. um, and, and let's maybe even back up for a second. You, t in your book, you take these different simplified pictures or archetypes, these kind of, like you said, like these groupings of understandings. Mm -hmm. And then you take us on a journey through 
the strengths of that type of mother. And I also heard it, maybe it's not just for mothers, but I also felt like this, you were pretty clear about this also being for fathers. It wasn't the gender specific type of the role we understand as mom. Correct. Um, I think of motherhood as very much more the general question of how, like, how do we nurture and protect ourselves? How do we take care of ourselves and others? Yeah. And so creating that sense of whatever that means to us. And however, it doesn't have to be gendered. Um, good. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. The first person I book, the first person who I recommended this book to after I read it was a male, mm -hmm. ironically, because it, it was like, um, what you just said about caring and protecting, nurturing ourselves, um, that internal work of, of mothering the self. And I'm, I mean, maybe there'll be other words another time, but that is the one we have for now. And it felt like, oh, yeah. yeah, this is not just, this isn't a mops talk. This is really, really deep um, interpersonal work. Yeah. Yes. How did the landscapes come to you? Like, where did, where did you start? Which one did you write first? <laughs> and maybe even walk through what, what landscapes are contained in your book. So people are like, wait, what? Right. Um, so the short story of that is that I, I say that wind mother wrote this book and my story about that is just literally one night doing all the normal things that normal people do, um, you know, brushing my teeth, putting on my pajamas, getting ready for bed. Um, I just, I don't know. My brain was kind of doing its own thing. Cause I was just in my little world. And all of a sudden I thought the words, or I heard the words like, landscape of mothers. And I was like, oh, I want to, I assumed somehow that it was a book. And I was like, oh, I want to read that. So, <gasps> so I wrote down the little <laughs> phrase thinking, I'm going to go figure out what that means. Cause I kind of trust that those like yeah. little lights that go off in my head sometimes. And so, and I'll often track them down and I'll find something interesting or, or important or whatever. So I wrote it down and I kept doing my things and I got into mm -hmm. bed and wind mother was the first one that popped up. I was like, Ooh, wind mother. And so I was like, Ooh, that's good. I wrote it down. Okay. Like I like that. I got it. I want to figure out what wind mother means. What's that? That's, you know, how interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote down a few things and turned off the light and I laid there. A few more ideas came about like, Oh, she would be this mother who would like, pick you up and carry you away into like fantasy and curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Ooh, ooh <laughs> I like that feeling so much. So I turn on the light and I write it down, turn off the light, lay there and be like, Oh, that would be so great. You know, just like unhooking from these things. And like, and I just kept following that fantasy of like, who would yes, wind mother be? Yes. And then I kept turning on the light and writing it down and turn off the light, to pick up another envelope. Cause now I'm running out of space, writing on the back <laughs> of that. And, and eventually I was like, okay, I have to stop turning on the light and turning off the light because my husband's trying to sleep. So I opened the shades a little bit. It happened to be a full moon. So I sat there writing by the full oh moon gosh. for a while, like oh under gosh. the window, like leaning off the side of my bed so I could get the light just right. And, um, and it was really exciting. And so finally I was like, okay, but we can't do this in the middle of the night. <laughs> okay. So wind mother, I, this is super interesting, but I, I can't do it in the middle of the night. So I'm going to sleep and I'll come back. I promise. Okay. Mm. So I went to sleep and I did, I picked it back up and it just mothers kind of poured through after that. And yes. Um, yes. yeah, it was just, they came to me. I, I just say they came to me and I just wrote them down. I didn't know what I was writing. I didn't have any plan for it. 
I didn't have any organization. And early on, actually, I got probably 30 or 35 different mothers before. Wow. Wow. Before I decided Whoa. it was time to start organizing them. Yeah. Okay. So there's, this is, this is the tip of the, your book is the tip of the iceberg. Oh yeah. There's, there's three more books in the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> of course there is. Right. Yeah. I hope so. Wow. That is, that just expanded everything for me just now. Mm. Oh, there's more. Oh, there's so much more. Um, and, and so then what happened was I, I pulled those 30 or 35 mothers together and I don't even know how exactly, but these landscape mothers came forward first. And so there's eight of them in the book. Mm -hmm. um, there's sun and moon mother and there's wind mother, desert mother, island mother, mountain mother, river mother, forest mother, and ocean mother. Mm. And those came with those sort of, again, they just organized themselves um, into a wheel. And that's how I tend to work with them. I discovered over a few years of working with them just on my own and like sharing it with friends and being like, does this make any sense to you? Um, mm. um, that there was a few ways that the wheel became this really informative and deeply helpful way to move through what I didn't know or didn't understand or didn't know what to do with or wanted to do differently than I had been trained in mm. my life. So. so tell me about the wheel. So is, um, I mean, is that like kind of how you're rotating through the different archetypes? Yeah. So the very end of this book, it um, yes. has in it the wheel. And when I, the story sort of there was at some point I was like, I need a visual for these. Like, I, I don't yes, know, right. you know, I can think about them, but I want, I need something to see or, and something to represent them. Right. Which is when I really realized, I think that the landscapes were archetypes. Yes, 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 yes. And so I actually pulled, I had some old uh, like Oracle deck of motherhood something <laughs> or another. And I just pulled out some cards yeah. that matched well enough that I was like, okay, get this. It makes sense to me. And I laid them out and I laid them out in this circle with sun, circle. And, with mm -hmm. sun and moon in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at them for a little bit and they just felt right. And I think I may... I know I at least considered switching two cards um, at some point, and I don't remember if I did or didn't, but basically the circle, the wheel as it is, is the way that it was laid out that day. Mm. Um, and it, this is why I feel like it was so guided was that, or, you know, that they yeah. did it. They came to me and were like, like this. And I was like, oh, okay. And then they were like, write this down. Okay. Because that wheel then became this way that in the book I described kind of going through them sequentially then this yeah. way of almost like going through like seasons or like a calendar, you know, that there's this way that we go round and round in time kind of thing. Um, and it turns out the next book is another layer of actually how mothers across from each other are deeply related to each other. Mm -hmm. We can talk about mm -hmm. that more if you'd mm -hmm. like, but like counter archetypes then are really like at yeah so and the cool thing about that is that um i call them well 
So with sun and moon in the middle, there's only seven that go around the outside right. circle. So that means for any one on the circle, there's two across from her because any one is actually across from technically from a gap between two. That's interesting. So um, I'll take a picture of, of this too, and I'll share it because it's um, it was so helpful to see it in the book, the actual, and, and it's funny because I it, they look like Oracle cards to me. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is a deck. And maybe it will be. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, we're we're getting. I'm trying to get there. Yeah, this was um, great. Yeah, my art that initially I was never going to share. Um, so because mm, I don't really think I'm of so myself as did. an artist, but it's page one thirty one. People do have the book already. It's page one thirty one. Yeah, <laughs> at least in my copy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one like um, one example is. Um, that I use a lot is wind mother. So wind mother would be sort of like top right of the, the wheel and uh, across from wind mother are mountain mother and river mother. And the cool thing about wind, so wind I said earlier was this like her in her strengths, she's like really whimsical and sweet and joyful and going someplace new and spreading seeds and she's just exciting and fun. Um, and this is how, just as an aside, this is how we know that I didn't make this up out of my head because I'm not known for being whimsical or like a happy or happy-go-lucky kind of thing. So like I, she just wouldn't have shown up if I made this out of my head. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, but so, but then her strength being that her inherent sort of struggle is to be grounded or Ooh. to be like settled. Um, and so, so if we're experiencing, or if I'm experiencing, um, like that struggle of wind mm -hmm. where I'm just like, I feel like I'm not anchored in anything and, you know, oh, interesting. um, and I'm just like kind of flighty or there's so many things going on. It tends to feel overwhelming to me. Then I can look across the wheel and I can see river mother and mountain mother. And they gave me, they give me hints about what's possible to help. Yeah. Right. So oh, stepping like into mountain, yeah. you could either step into stillness. Sometimes mm -hmm. though, I find that that stillness or that presence isn't really accessible to me when I'm in that struggle of wind, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, when I'm feeling flighty yeah. and scattered and overwhelmed and river mother's another way to help. So if that stillness isn't helpful and I still need some kind of movement, river mother is very much about like kind of pulling those banks of the river together. And we're going to go in a particular direction. Right. So she has this sense of purpose and gathering and orientation and let's let's channel that into something that's helpful. And between the two of them, I can often find the thing that's helpful in the moment. Since every situation's really yes. different, right? Every time I'm overwhelmed, it's different. Mm. Uh, and so there's it's, room in those to to find the way. It's I mean, it's fascinating to hear, obviously the like the uh, the author tell the story right it's it to hear the way you would look at this image and understand like the way back in because it feels like it's the way back in the way back into either like my grounding or my like um my access to all the archetypes mm -hmm. my ability to be in my total my totalness um is through the dark and the light like mm -hmm. i can't go anywhere unless i'm going through sun and moon mother right. through this idea that what it might be night but it will also be day again. So there's something that feels incredibly groundy, but also gracious 
in regards to the fact that this too shall pass kind of is like the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> so there's something already right there that feels so generous. Right. And you pointed at mm. something else in there, right? That sun and moon is always in the middle. And so whenever I'm struggling and can't find my way or whenever something comes up and I'm like, I just don't know what to do. My first stop is always sun and moon mm. because sun and moon mother is about our cycles and our rhythms and our yeah. regulation. And like, how do I get up in the morning? How do I get through my day? What are my anchors? It's a lot mm. about the basics, right? It's chop wood, carry water. It's the I need to feed myself. I need to go to bed on time. I need to wake up on time kind of things and whatever mm -hmm. on time means to me, however, my rhythm works. So it's, yeah. there's room for everybody's own rhythm. And yet also just knowing that by holding ourselves in this, like consistency can be a really calming mm -hmm. and self-soothing mm -hmm. approach. And then we can start to know where to go again. If we, if we need to be somewhere, you know, if we need to get something accomplished. You know, it actually, it feels like maternal, like in the way that, um, it's like my mom's side of the family, everybody's Jewish. And so it's like the way that they're always like, well, you have to have food, like, mm -hmm. like let's throw food at it. But like the, like the, the highest end of that is mom reminds us of the natural rhythms, right? Mm -hmm. and, and in some cultures, right, that gets really large and funny around food being the answer to everything. Um, but there's, there's a, gen, a genuine sense of, we know that there's medicine in sitting around the table and attending to the basic rhythm of what nature already has to offer us. So I know that I can see it get, getting played out um, comically in a lot of movies, the way that some cultures feature moms and mom solutions to things. Right. Those are the archetypal mom solutions. I get accused of everything being solved by <laughs> sleep and water. My kids say that. I don't think time. you're wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, they were like, you think every, you think water and sleep can fix everything? I'm like, name something mm. it doesn't, which is flippant, I realize, but um, but there's some truth in there, right? And that's that archetypal mm. space of we learn to take care of ourselves in the ways that we were taken care of as children, and so we tend wow. to have some of those things lingering too. So any ways that we were any ways that we grew up on some kind of deprivation um, or neglect, whether it was our emotions mm -hmm. or our food or attention or whatever, those tend to play themselves back out. And um, mm. for me, I think they were really fundamental when I realized I was playing those out again, that was where sort of landscape of mothers and her earliest seeds, like way before wind mother came and planted the words, that was where my desire to change things was that it was mm. about healing fa old family wounds mm. old family wounds that were repeating in you or old family wounds you were still stuck in from your own family of origin or maybe that's the same thing um either both or yeah maybe the the same i just i mean to this day i return to sun and moon mother repeatedly around um you know, eating on a regular basis and going to sleep mm -hmm. on time. Those are really deep places that my regulation was off as a child and that they come back whenever I get stressed or yes. whatever. And so I return yeah. consistently to sun and moon mother to be like, oh, here I am again. So, and if, the, you know, I have signs now I can see them. Oh, when I'm doing certain things, 
um, when I'm doing a lot of scrolling or when I'm scrolling while I'm yes, watching TV, yeah. that's the one where I'm like, oh, wow, we're, we're, we're out there. Yeah. We're not, we're not participating anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, and then I'll go back through an experiment of like, oh, okay, what if I make sure I'm drinking water and going to bed and eating regular meals? And then I find that somehow my body will start to regulate itself again, but it, um, mm. um yeah, but I, so I'm kind of getting into other ways or those future books of landscape of mothers sure, where sure. there's, there's layers of landscape of mothers, right? There's sort of, I can work through those archetypes in my daily life and I can apply them to how I'm treating my children and I can be mindful about how I'm teaching them to move through their own inner landscapes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can use it in my own world where I'm remothering myself around certain aspects of my life and upbringing. I can apply it to where I'm looking at my family line and what kind of legacy and lineage I'm building, like what kind of skills I'm transferring, what kind of stories I'm transferring. And um, so I can look at it in that. And then I can also just see it as even bigger than my family. It's really ultimately about relationship and community and how are we behaving in those realms too. So Yeah, you're right. It's so multidimensional. Right. So if we could pick one mom, one mother archetype from your first book to maybe just like spend a little bit of time, like going deeper into fleshing out, um, her, like the personification that you did, the way you did wind mother for us, is there mm-hmm. one that we could maybe explore together today? Uh, sure. Would you like to choose one? Do you have a, Ooh. have one that appeals to you? Well, you know, it's actually, sure. Yeah. Let's do mountain and okay. it's ca- a little bit counter to me. Cause I'm like, I'm like an uh, like ocean <laughs> obsessed, mm-hmm. but every time I go to open your book, it falls open to mountain and mm-hmm. it would be the one I would literally read last. So I'm just kind of paying attention to that as well. And maybe mountain is the invitation today. Great. Sure. So mountain mother, she makes me want to sigh (laughs) when I feel her in my body. I'm like, oh, this is where we rest or this is where we kind of fall. We can come into stillness. She's not the only one. All of the archetypes kind of overlap to some degree with each other uh, in the way any real life thing gets messy. Um, But mountain mother I think of her as just being the one with this deep presence. She's the one that you can go to and you know, she's always going to be calm. She would be the one who would listen to any story for however long. She is the one who would open her arms when you come with tears and she wouldn't be full of advice or telling you what to do. She would just sort of open her arms, right? So there's this stillness to her, a sense of really actively, deeply listening and hearing, you know, like the classic mountain mother move to me is one that I think most people who cared for a small child at any point, whether it was yours or not, um, you know, the kid hurts themselves or something and they kind of like crawl into your lap and they, you know, you hold them and you're like, they're there. And you can all at once acknowledge that they're in pain. They can be screaming and you can be like, wow, this is where we're overreacting, but that's, you know, just what's happening here. 
and you just stay calm and it's kind of like they're there. And then eventually everything's fine. The kid jumps up and goes and plays again, right? Hmm. Um, such a just using presence yeah. to sort of quote unquote solve yeah. the problem, you know, the upset in the face of upset, right? Yes. Wow. There's um, some things are kind of flying in my brain right now. Mm -hmm. The um, idea of wordlessness mm -hmm. and that's something like in, for me personally, I've been seeking is like, a, I asked, I wanted a wordless exchange of healing where like, mm -hmm. I didn't really have to say much. And maybe the other person really wouldn't have to say much either. And I ended up in equine therapy mm -hmm. <laughs> with horses yeah. because there was a moment of, um, I just needed to be. And so I'm sensing that same sense of presence that is what it that's what it felt like for me to stand next to this like mountain of a horse if you will yeah that there's something sturdy and uh regulating about being in the presence and about being in that type of presence hmm. yeah i think Beautiful. a horse is a great example of sort of mountain mother energy as mm. i would think of it yeah yeah then in each chapter, you gave us kind of the strengths and struggles. So there's like the sense of, would you maybe touch on those? Because I want to hear how they welcome us all the way back into like our totality. Yeah. Um, so do you want like the mountain mother struggles and kind of keep using her as an example? Um, or do you mean something more general? Question. Let me think about that. Um, Okay, maybe the question I want to ask is, is if I'm a mom coming to this work, to this book, and I don't know where, where I am in motherhood, or is my goal to embody all of these at some point? Mm. So if I'm just coming, what would you, where would you lead me if I was, um, and am saying, okay, where do I start? So that's where we go back to the wheel concept. Mm. Um, yeah. and the, in the, when I walk personally walk through the wheel, I start with sun and moon mother. And then I walk through in sort of the way I describe in the book, which goes sun and moon to wind and then clockwise around mm -hmm. ending with ocean. And again, I think that sort of comes from the mothers themselves, uh, whenever I, so I spent one, I I've done it in various ways. Uh, the most intentional one I probably stepped up to the wheel with was just one month for every mother. And I just mm. spent eight months going through and, um, and just really walking deeply with each mother. Um, but I start with sun and moon in part because it's a, it's a regulating, right? We talked about how she was sort of the rhythm and the sort of bottom line, right? Like how am I anchored into my day? And so as an approach, that's where I take clients as I, we go there first. Um, and then we start working around the wheel and um, the yeah. ultimate idea is, is it to embody each of them? I think that in any one moment, we probably can't. Um, that's, and yet, they all represent this sense that we have so many strengths and that those strengths give us different opportunities and that we can 
kind of move from one to the other that we can flow. Mm -hmm. I think most mm -hmm. models of self that I've ever run across seem so still. Right. That for me, landscape like of mothers gave this chance to be, to kind of step into like yes. that idea of I am multitudes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. And so what it means too, though, is that there's room to be all of the things and there's also sort of a container for it in landscape of mothers that sense that there are these eight that I'm somewhere in here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that I can make my way whatever my current needs are within this yeah. land within yeah. this map of this landscape. Yep. No, that's so good because that's um there's like two things that like so when, a lot of times when people are looking for some some help or someone that knows more than they do there's a sense of stuckness innate stuckness already present mm -hmm. right that's like oh i'm just here in my thing mm -hmm. and so the idea of it being in motion my friend bonnie talks about like turning the gem like there's a way to kind of keep turning it and seeing all the variety of facets available to us and letting them you know, the light hit each one. And maybe it's also how the planets revolve in, in the earth orbits. And there's a sense of motion um, that feels like I could get, it'll get me up and out of what I'm in. And even that is relief. Right. And the, the paradox there is that there's a way that like letting it all go and settling down into the basics. And also that sense of kind of like lifting up and being able to move around happen yeah. sort of at the same time. Yes. because it sort of uncollapses <sighs> you to you know to mm -hmm. be able to settle into sun and moon a little bit and then to have you know a better vantage point of mm. life or at least that's been my experience of it yeah yep can you also use the word clients are you working with people and and for people listening who are interested in working with you what does the work look like and how could they um, get in touch with you for that um well so right now i am i do work i'm working mostly well okay back up a little <laughs> bit i have two different ways of working with me one is uh, very like the exploratory level i've been running um monthly writing i've been calling them writing salons and i, know, I love it so once a month i've been doing these I actually have desert mother this afternoon um and so that's one way like if somebody is interested in these really like small or just convenient bite-sized pieces of how you know what is going on here that's a good way um, if someone is interested in working one-on-one -on -one, i am doing that right now and Great. the first way is that yeah we start the smallest chunk is to start with sun and moon mother and to kind of address use landscape of mothers without a lot of backstory to deal with like one sort of one thing that's up right now. So okay. that's my sort of smallest way is that when we get into it, we choose a triad and we work in it. And that's just four sessions. And then the other way is to um, spend the time going through the wheel. Um, and then, um, yeah and so that's just like a guided tour through the wheel and we choose something that's very specific to what's going on um, for the person and and choose you know how we're perceiving each other you know then that person gets to sort of choose how are they perceiving the the archetype and how is that archetype helping them and we walk mm -hmm. through all that stuff together stunning okay and so landscapeofmothers.com is that the best catch-all or is it instagram 
Um, landscapeofmothers.com is where all that information is. There is a way to get in touch with me through uh, working with me there. Um, and yeah, and Instagram, if you like casual and simple and easy, like Instagram is a fine way to get in touch too. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think is like the ideal person for like, if, if there's one person you could imagine they're walking by and they could pick up this book, who do you hope kind of picks up this book, picks up this work? Honestly, I think mostly I wrote this for past me. It's the book I wish oh. that I had had when my oh. kids were in preschool. And so I would say that person is probably like that. Like my kids are in preschool, parenting turns out to just be pinging so many difficult things. I want things to change and I just don't know how to go about it. Mm. And so I would hope that that exhausted, I mean, that's part of the reason the book was yes. a little bit small, you know, it's manageable. It's not a tome, uh, which most of the parenting books mm. I picked up back in the day yes, was yes, like, I can't read much. this, yeah. Um, but yeah, this, um, <laughs> And so just the, the tired, the mom who knows that she wants something different and just doesn't know what it is or how it is, yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's about it. Like it's, that, that was the hardest time of motherhood Th thus far. I mean, my kids are nine and under, but there is still a feeling of like, I'm so grateful to have been released from the years of the tiny children that was yeah. a those uh, landscape, all those needs all pushed own. on me so hard um, when my kids were little too. And I, before I have two children and they're about, they're just less than two years apart. And until both of them got to be about seven or eight, I thought that yep. that was just going to, the rest of my life was going to be like that. And now that they're yep. 17 and 15, I'm thinking, mm. where did it go? Which annoys oh. me to no end because uh -huh, people told uh -huh. me that would happen. And I was like, but I'm dying here where they're five. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Let's pause on that for a sec, because I think that too, like um, a lot, of, I'll tell you, I get, I get turned off with the more is more motherhood stuff. You know, like if you just mm. do more of this and more of that, and I just like, and then this like rebellious, like, ugh, <laughs> like I, I become a junior higher mm -hmm. when I <laughs> hear and see people adding to the burden of what is already so hard in motherhood. Yeah. Um, it, and it's just the most unthinkably hard season mm. and it's a season. That's the bizarre part. Yeah. Like you said, like all of a sudden you're on the other side, but you just don't, it's like labor. You just don't know if it'll ever end, if the baby will ever be born. Yeah. 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 Mm. And those were really terribly unhelpful moments where they're like, enjoy this. I'm like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm not enjoying this and I have a lot of oh, feelings gosh. about all of that still me too me too yeah. yeah yeah I burst into tears when someone there's a mom who said that to me in Target and and as I I felt invisible like I I was like haggard I yeah. I was so haggard and run down and I was already in the brink of tears because it was already so hard and then when she looked at me and said that I was just like oh. Oh my, you don't see me. Yeah. You are only seeing your own story of motherhood here because this, I, I'm, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. I had the same experience in a craft store. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's like, you know, and we, it's an interesting thing. It's like we have, we all have such a right to our story. I, in a sense, I, if I would have had enough coffee that day, <laughs> I wish I would have been able to say something like, 
it sounds like it went fast for you. Like return her to her own story. Like, mm -hmm. but today is a thousand years for me. <laughs> like, and my right to my story is that this is not what I thought it would be. Yeah. And to get to unhook, you know, each other's trauma from, from motherhood being something that every moment should be delightful. Yeah. Yeah. That was another, I think I talk about that in the early pages of landscape of mothers, how a lot of this was my process of unhooking from being a good or a bad mother, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. because I don't actually yeah, I, believe that there are good and bad mothers, you know, in the, in sort of the yeah. place where we're not in extremes, you know, where most of us are just trying to make our way. It, th yeah. That's not a concept that I think is helpful to anyone. Totally. You know, and we've kind of like, uh, I, that, that drew me in, in your introduction, when you talked about that, about like that, the dichotomy. Um, and it's like, I think as people, we want to understand things, right? And so we, we reduce things to such tiny categories, like good or bad, that we've lost it. We've lost what we're really doing here. It's like, we couldn't be reduced to such simplistic categories and also that there would be such a thing as all good or all bad right mm. yeah. i do love that in the idea of archetypes like it, it gives us so much more dimension and depth in the reality that we possess so many different like this is this is our own inner landscape all the archetypes are available to us and within us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah jill anything else that you're like want people to know as they approach this book maybe what you know now on the other side of of birthing this book is there anything else that you're like oh yeah i know this now after self-publishing this book and putting it out into the world oh that's such a great question is there um i think the thing that um you know, you use the word striving and, you know, putting this out in the world, birthing all those we work so hard at. I think that the thing I've learned is that there's a lot of times where working less hard at something is a good answer to mm. use the good term, but, you know, is an acceptable, appropriate, correct yeah. answer. Yeah. Mm. I love, I'm actually, I'll take that into my own, <laughs> my own <laughs> space and sit with that. Cause you're right. There's, um, yeah, there's, that's obviously still something that I'm hooked in is that somehow things must be labored for. That's good. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, for showing me that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now too, actually. <laughs> that's the thing I'm personally working on right now. Isn't that funny? Less, less hard. Yeah. There's like, um, there's like, there's medicine too. And being able to look into other people's mirrors sometimes to be like, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. So that piece is for me. Thank you. And <laughs> understanding even the language used around what work is or what work feels like, or um, like what it, and so I'm hearing you say kind of with this book, as it came to you and was like ushered through you that there was a sense of, and it wasn't laborious. There was a sense of, it sounds like there was a sense of giftedness and ease even. Absolutely. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. It was, it was the only project in my life so far that 
has come this way. And it, it was, mm. I was just immensely grateful for it. And yes, there was a lot of ease in it. Mm. That changes everything. That, 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 con that concept um, that actually I means, so I, my friend Bonnie talks a lot about sacred feminine and like that would like is sacred feminine ener energy is the opposite of like our archetypal patriarchy, not necessarily gendered men, but um, that we are taught through the patriarchy that we, we have to ruggedly um, make something happen. And it's like this capitalist, you know, American dirt. And that in the sacred feminine, that sometimes there's a sense of that fluid ease. It is that sense of, and if it was this way, it would feel like breath to bring this work into the world rather than urgency or, um, again, that rugged self-determination. Mm -hmm. Jill, thank you. I um, I've just love hearing your inspiration and how this book came to you. Um, I'm so grateful. I, I just am, I just can't encourage you enough if I could even do that. Just I'm applauding. Mm. Um, I was been talking out loud to your book as I read it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I'm so I'm like, in, <laughs> like, which is what prompted the DM was I was like, I should maybe just tell her. <laughs> instead of, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's good. Yeah. And that you self-published that, that also spoke volumes to me. It's like, this belongs in the world and she knew it and she did it. Yeah. I think the self-publishing was a lot just that I didn't want to, I didn't want anybody else to be able to tell me how to write it or to tell me that something needed to be changed or that it would sell better if I just, whatever. And so I was like, I'm just not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Cause it, I mean, obviously I, did the work of like making it um available to people but you know my goal wasn't you know yeah. sales my yeah. goal was right. to write this down and hope that it found the people that were yeah. looking for it back when i was looking yep. for it yep uh, yeah there's a timelessness in that you know that's i think like the gift of a book is someone can hold it in their hands for a long time like and um Thank you so much for the invitation and thank you just a million times for this beautiful conversation today. I feel so enriched by it. Mm. I just really appreciate no, that it's... you followed that little voice in you that said, reach out just if you're talking to the book, talk to her. So um, this was lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, I wanted to remind you of Jill's website. It's www.landscapeofmothers.com. You can also find her on Instagram at Jill Deneen. That's J-I-L-L-D-O-N-E-E-N. -E -E um, you guys don't miss an opportunity to learn more and or sit amongst... <laughs> Um, Jill's imagination and the way she's able to take her own inklings and transform that into this beautiful book. Her book is available either directly from her on her website or through Amazon where we found each other in the first place. 
Um, if you have any questions or thoughts or want to continue this conversation in any way, would love to hear from you. You can also find me on Instagram at Elise Snipes um, or email me anytime. Hello at Elise Okay. Hope you guys are having a great week. Cheers. Mm-hmm.